This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the Boys Focus podcast with me, Tommy Castle, Jamie Lawler and Zach Woods. Good evening, boys. How are you? Very good, thank you. Very good. Good? Yeah, all good. Cars past your MOT today, Jamie. You feeling happy? Nothing advisory. Loving life. I knew my car was fine, but it's still that pre-nerves of, uh, like, what are they going to find? Well, no, done. I ain't got to worry about that for another year now, Sam. And you got Awesome, yeah. Zach's been having trouble with uh, setting up today, so that's uh, why we've been a bit late getting started because his yeah. camera keeps falling off the yeah, top of this it's, laptop. Oh, it's an absolute embarrassment my uh, setup at the moment, but it does the job. You can see me, you can hear me, I can hear you. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll yeah, produce a banging podcast. I'm sort of for now, yeah. In five minutes' time, I'll be going, What? What? Can't hear you, and we'll have to cut it, but <laughs> we'll enjoy it while it lasts. Oh, I know, mate. Trust me, trust me. And I've had a haircut as well. I look completely hey. different. Today. I was going to say, looking fresh. I'm, I'm oh, complimented yeah. you on your hair. You, you, you cut your hair. I saw uh, you big, shouting them out on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Big shout, to, big shout out to my local barber's crate, uh, uh, Charles, who did my hair today. Uh, usually it's Josh, though. So a uh, big shout out to both of them. Uh, I love the guys. They're really good. I always uh, feel very warm and welcome there. Um, but yeah, enough of plugging everybody's. <laughs> businesses for free um we need our own sponsor for that so um yeah in today's podcast we will be talking about the defeat at home to luton third on the bounce if i'm not wrong or is it fourth please don't tell fourth. me it's fourth defeat. four oh, losses on the bounce oh, fourth defeat in a row um we've got wigan and rotherham coming up two massive games uh which i'll be interesting to get your thoughts on i'll uh, we'll talk about that a bit later um, but also we want to keep this uh, lively and cheery because it is 12 years ago to the day when Blues famously won the League Cup against Arsenal at Wembley. Uh, hands up if you were there. Oh, you're <laughs> felons. You knew what you were doing there. Hands up, if you're in the, hands up if you're in the Birmingham Mail the next day as well. <laughs> Damn, that was my next one, that was. <laughs> God's sake. Uh, no, you're a proper Blues fan, Zach. Never gonna, thank, you, thank you, thank you. You are, I know you are, man. Scum. 
Yeah. Wow. <laughs> home and away you, ultra me now. <laughs> home with the odd away game when possible. <laughs> and also home at the odd game as well, in case the trains have been cancelled. Oh, mate. The, the trains have been... You know what? The trains have been good recently. Since New Year, really? the trains have you been good. You said it now. Mate. Yeah, touch word, touch word, touch word. So, hopefully, we'll be all right. So, need them to uh keep doing what they're doing. So if you work for the rail, you're doing a good job at the moment, keep it up. But uh, oh. please don't fuck things up. So, like, <laughs> you could have been doing you could have been doing a better job for me when I was traveling back from Edinburgh on the uh Friday night. I'd literally nowhere to sit because everybody was sat in my seat. So, that's a fine, like. A seat by myself and my mum and brother managed to get like a seat across from me but uh that was a pain in the ass so whoever did that that's really annoying uh so you're not doing a, a completely great job so uh just remember 80 <laughs> solid 80 percent solid 20 percent still to work on though at the moment or in general <laughs> well normally if i had to say in general 80 percent shit 20 yeah, percent good that's more but, like it, yeah <laughs> that's that's what the trains are like so I think that's how it sort of re- reflects with blows at the moment. 80% shit, 20% good. No, 100% shit. <laughs> 100%. It's so... Uh, we'll, we'll obviously talk about the uh, Luton game. I guess that's a good segue onto it. Yeah. But um, just again, it's, <laughs> it's so depressing at the moment. Everything is so unbelievably fat, the flat. The performances are dire. Luton was terrible, zero shots on target. It just, the team looks like they just, it's everything so flat. There's no energy, there's no spark, there's no excitement, there's no willing to get points and succeed. It's all just so, so flat. And it was another torrid result, torrid performance. To be honest, Luton didn't exactly look anything special. Don't think Luton were incredible some games we've lost this season I think Hull we've lost to this season I thought Hull looked very good you know teams that are down there we've played have looked good and we've lost and deserved it but Luton I thought were average and 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 we gave them the win they had a few more chances than us we created hardly anything but it's just another poor poor result to add to what has been a diabolical return since the World Cup a really concerning return since the World Cup to be honest I'm I'm getting a little bit fearful now as to where we could finish the season because I'm I cannot see where 12 points are going to come from. I'd me I I wouldn't be surprised if we got no more than five. I just can't see where points, where goals, where clean sheets are going to come from at the moment. Yeah, it's a good point. Really worrying thoughts as well. Uh, Jamie, I've got a question first for you, yes, and then yeah. um, is the next game a must-win or a must-not lose game? I think the next two are. I think no, which, if we which is, don't walk if we don't walk away with a win, we're cementing ourselves a little bit in the bin now. Like yeah, all right, what is it? Seven, eight points we've got between us and Wigan. I mm, think so. That can get closed very quickly. Now, don't get me wrong. Them three teams in the bottom are shit, but we are also quite shit. So. I think we need to win. I think a draw is an acceptable right now way at Wigan. They are in complete free fall. They're not playing or not that good at the minute themselves. I think it's two poor teams going into each other in a game here. I think we want revenge from the one they were lost earlier in the season. But if Luton's anything to go off, I'd take a fucking nil-nil and run to the bank with it right now because I can't see us scoring for, for love nor money. I lost count. The amount of times poor Lukas Djukovic flicked the ball on and no one ran on him again. Literally, no one ran on him. Like, honestly, I'm 
I could have done a better job up front than with them Ronans and Hogan because he just didn't look fucking interested. He didn't look like he gave a shit half the time of his runs. He doesn't run till about four seconds after the ball's played, and then when Yukovic is flicking on, he's just looking at him. I'm like, we do, we doing? <laughs> it's so it's infuriating. <laughs> it genuinely like just drove me insane on Saturday watching him, and then he just no, just it was a shit performance, wasn't it? I just I'm gonna stumble over my words there. I've, if I could name a couple of people who did all right, Ruddy couldn't do anything about the goal. I thought Kevin Long was actually all right, to be fair. Gary Gardner had a good game. Hannibal tried his art out again. George all ran about and tried his best. And Djokovic. Doesn't sound like a terrible performance then, really. Was it a bad performance? I think it was just no no cutting edge to it again. Like, yeah. for the love of fucking Christ, how many times do you get the ball on the wing and pass it three or four times and lose possession again? Just cross... You've got Djokovic in the box. Cross the fucking ball at him. Yeah, that was something Did I was annoyed with, yeah. Is it you stood there in the middle of the box, just looking like you're right? Oh yeah, and they're just like passing it between each other. Chong's cut it on his left foot, and then he's cut back out again. Just cross the ball. Yeah, no, I definitely picked up on that on the day. Yeah, Zach, is it a must-win or a must-not-lose game? I very much think it's a must-win. I think most games are a must-win. I think going into it with the mentality of only a point, I think, can be quite harmful, as you said, Jamie. It. The gap can be closed very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. As I said, I struggle to see where a win's going to come from at the moment. Um, and I'm sure Wigan fans will say the same thing for them, but it only takes one or two good performances and we're, we're for Wigan and then we're right back in the relegation mm-hmm. fight. So I think it's a must win, both Wigan and Rotherham. I don't want us to go into it setting up to defend and play for a point because we need to be aiming for higher than that. At the end of the day, we want to get out of this relegation battle and get a decent finish in the table because it can still happen. We can still go mm. for a decent 13th, 14th, 15th place finish, um, which still isn't good enough, I think, for a club of our size and, and what we want to achieve. But that's just where we're, where, where we're at at the moment. Um, but we, we can't be playing for a point. It, it just shows a weak mentality, a negative mentality. We want to be playing for all three. We need to push for all three because... Six points from these next two games, and I think we're safe. I think we'll be more than fine then. Um, but if we're picking up one to two points from both, I think we're in a very dangerous position because games after that, I can't see us getting anything from. And as I said, I'd be amazed if we got much from Wigan and Rotherham. Just to be honest, I can't see us getting anything at the moment. To scare you a little bit, if we lose these next two games, Wigan will go on 34 and Rotherham will go above us on 39. So potentially we could be in the bottom three in these next two games if we don't win them. So I I definitely think it is a must win game because, you know, it's, it's good getting a point and everything, but it's like both of you have said, not getting any further away from that bottom three. And I think every game needs to be a must win game, particularly when there's a team below you, you should always be trying to look to win the game. So yeah, yeah, we definitely need to win. Is it? Don't want to play um, the team below us right now. We don't want to play teams that we're meant to fucking win. That's not how we do this. We shit when we're playing teams below us. Been. Well, we were shit on Saturday against Luton or above us, to be fair. So I've lost my own argument there and all. <laughs> I was going to say, mate, I've, I don't think it matters who we play at the we're moment. Just I just shit. think we're, we're just, we are struck. We look like we're dying. This is the thing. With a lot of teams, I turned around to, and said to my dad within the first five minutes, with a lot of teams that come to St Andrews or we go to them, you can tell pretty quickly the way they're going to play. 
Luton, it was evident they wanted that ball out wide. Every time they attacked, they mm-hmm. want that ball out wide. They want it into Adebayo in the box, which I totally get. With us, it just doesn't look like we have a game plan. It just looks like we don't know what to do. We we don't go into games thinking this is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to score, and this is what we need to do to do it. For us, it just looks like we're just playing and hoping for the best. There is no game plan. And if there is a game plan, and if Eustace has set up the players with a game plan, we are executing it horrendously. Because I'm sure you guys, you guys will agree, I just don't know the way Eustace wants us to be playing because it's visually impossible to see. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I don't really know anymore. I mean, I sort of knew it earlier in the season. You know, we sort of sat back and attacked and got goals on the counter-attack. I understood that. Now I have no idea, though. So what is the game plan? No I think the more infuriating no thing is that Luton played, Luton played the back five how we want to play a back five. And that's what pissed me off the most. Problem is they actually have urgency and know to put it out wide pretty quick. We dick about with it when we got a back five. There's no urgency. There's no crossing. All of their game plan was down the line, whip it in, big bastard up front. We also have a big bastard called Djokovic, but we can't whip it in. And I just don't understand why. I'd bring back a back five though at the minute because that four one two one two with the current squad just isn't working. Until you get Kedra back, until you get your team back fully fit, you know, we need Bielik back in that middle. I thought Gary did a good job at CDM, don't get me wrong, but I think we just need our squad back to full fitness. Trusty was a massive miss as well. Massive miss. I don't I'm gonna sound harsh on Long Galloway. It can't help that he's not as tall. But I don't think that goal goes in if we've got Trusty at left back on Saturday. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't and that's not Manny's fault. He can't he help can't his height. I'll, I'll defend him in that. Like I'll defend him there. He's he's, he's small, <laughs> he's not jumping, he can't help it, but they were sticking on him all game. Every cross that went in from that left-hand side, that yeah. big bastard just went on Manny straight away. The only thing I'd say is, give me a fu- give us a fully fit Blues eleven now, and I still don't think our results would be too dissimilar to what they've been, because I think we've pretty much, from the start of the season to the end of the season, seen the same squad fielded pretty much every week, or at least. We've, I think we've been quite fortunate with injuries this season. I don't think we've had too many up until recently. Um, but since the World Cup, we've played pretty much just the same team week in, week out. And it's just not producing results like it was. I don't think it's an injury problem. I don't know what the problem is, but whatever the hell. Yeah, I know. But why? Why are the performance is so different from before the World Cup and after? Because that cha- team has changed very minimally. The, the, the results shouldn't they shouldn't contrast that much. I'd get it if we'd had like four or five injuries or bought mm-hmm. in four or five new players or lost four or five new players. We haven't. It has to be some sort of mentality thing because that team were getting fantastic results before the World Cup, beating QPR 2-0. We played well against Blackburn, well against Burnley. We, against these big teams, we were doing fantastically. And since then, like we're struggling to beat the bottom three. We're struggling mm-hmm. to get a point against the bottom three. We lost Huddersfield last week. So I don't and know what's happened. Exactly. So I don't know what's happened. I don't know why things are so so different. Um, but things need to change ASAP, otherwise we will go down. Before we jump into uh, some questions, I do just want to pose this both to you. Do you think we've been worked out this season? Because yes. we were we were running good, weren't we? And now we just seem to be horrific, like both of you say. But I, th- I feel sorry for Eustace in the fact that. 
it's the same squad. What more can you do? You you're only fit. Let's be honest, because Hogan still isn't fully fit. There's no way on no one can fucking convince me that Scott Hogan's hundred percent fitness, or if he is, he's the laziest fucking centre forward I've ever seen in my life. Well, we all know that right. as well, though. The only fit centre forward we currently have is Djokovic, who will work his heart out and he'll do everything he can. And I thought he had a good game on Saturday again. But yeah. what's the game plan? It's got to be the same thing. Kick it up to him. That's all we've got at the minute. I do think I we need to get a bit more creative, yeah. but we're, we're, if anything, we're doing the opposite. We're not going simple and we're trying to be extravagant with the ball. Example, Saturday, Chong's got the ball out wide, cuts in on left foot, looks up Djokovic in there. I'm going to slip it back to Colin. Colin's going to slip it into Gardner. Gardner's going to try and play it back to Chong. Oh, they're on the counter-attack. Yeah, we faff around too much. Fucking cross the ball in. Yeah. Mm, I think I think with the Hogan thing, I think surely he has to be fully fit given he's played like the last 10 games consecutive, consecutively. There's no way Eustace would field a player who's still injured for that many games in a row. I think with Scott Hogan, he's just such a hot and cold player. And I don't think he, he probably doesn't know why he is. And I think the people around him don't know why he is. But as we saw at the start of the season, he was fantastic. He was superb. He was banging in goals. He was closing down players. And now he's just not doing that. He's not doing any of it. Um, I don't think it can be an injury thing. So I think it what if it was... He would have been pulled to the bench and then the reserves, whatever, five, six, seven games ago. He's played the last 10, 11, 12 games or come off the bench or maybe missed one or two. I'm not sure, but he's consistently played and he's consistently been really poor. And I don't think it's down to injury. I don't think it's down to fitness. I just think he's an extremely hot or cold player. Sometimes he's on it. Sometimes he's not. You just don't know what Hogan you're, you're going to get, sadly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's spot on, really. I just because uh, we know he can, he can be dynamite like he was against the Albion away. So when he doesn't put in the performances, we're like, oh, come on, man. We know you can perform. So that hot and cold aspect of him is incredibly frustrated. Because, the I mean, like... Mm. Not, just, not just Scott. Like, don't get me wrong. Scott is the main vocal point of my <laughs> rage because of how he was on Saturday in the last few weeks. But the whole team just can't... They look like they can't be arsed. The most entertaining thing for me in the first half was when Gary Gardner slid in, won the ball, ran down the line and nearly got a good crossing. That was one of the highlights of the first half. Because I was like, fuck me, someone's put some effort in, won the ball and actually gone forward with it. But we don't know we don't know, we don't know what we're doing with the ball at the minute. That's what I don't understand. No game plan. There's no, There's no plan. game plan. There's no no performance. I don't mind losing a game if we've played really well. Blackburn away, you know, pre-World Cup. When we were losing a couple of games and then kind of beginning to start, but we went, you know what? We performed well there, lads. We did all right. We made chances. Now mm. it's just like we just don't give a shit. We just don't care. Yeah, I am pretty much just in complete agreement with that, really. Yeah, you're spot on. Let's jump into some questions from you guys then. Um, hi, guys. What more, what more would it take for Eustace to get the sack, or do you think we may end up walking away? Uh, the pressure is on and he's crumbling a bit. Recent results are abysmal. Uh, and I'm also going to drop in the same question pretty much that Damien's dropped in. Uh, would you say that if we lose the next two games, Eustace's time is up? What are your thoughts on that, guys? You can go first if you want, Zach, or drop me to... I'll kick start. Maybe controversial. I think Eustace's time is up. Um, nine losses from 11. It doesn't matter what level you're at, whether you're at Sunday League or Premier League. Nine losses from 11 games, six points from a possible 36 is absolutely horrendous. It is horrific. Um, like I said, I feel there's no game plan. 
the players look lost. The players look like they don't know what to do. There seems a real lack of motivation and, and want to succeed by probably Djokovic uh, in that Blues team. No one seems, I'm sure they are bothered, but certainly from the outside looking in, it doesn't look like it. Um, I find Eustace's interviews frustrating sometimes in that I understand he wants to defend the players and I think it's right to defend the players, but I do feel sometimes you need a bit of honesty because he said against Luton, I thought they worked really hard, can't fault it. And I think he said uh, that, that we deserve to win, but with zero shots on target, that's just mm. not, not true at all. I like Eustace and I want it to work for Eustace. I really do because he's proven he can get results. But nine losses from 11 is inexcusable and I can't see things picking up anytime soon. It's not as if we're having glimmers of good play on the pitch. The majority of our play at the moment is abysmal from minute one to minute 90. No plan, abysmal results. I think Eustace's time is up now and certainly if we don't get results from these next two, he's got to go. Because even a small manager bounce from whoever comes in, whether that be... You know, Chris Wilder's out of the job. Nathan Jones is out of the job. There actually are some quite good options at the moment. To be big honest. Sam, big Sam Allardyce. We need, we need, so we need. I, I've always said this: when it's working, keep it the same. If it's, if it's, if it's not, it needs a change, and it's not working. I can't see it changing anytime soon. For me, it just has to go. Has to go now. Jamie. Ah, uh, it's tough, isn't it? I I don't want Eustace to go, really. But the issue is, this is the same shit we have every year, isn't it? You can polish the turd all you want, but unfortunately, we're fucking shit. The team's shit. We don't know what to do with it. But I feel bad for Eustace because, and don't get me wrong, I get Zach on with you. Nine losses out of eleven is fucking abysmal, and mm. it's terrible form. And ninety percent of managers are gone by now. But. I think your problem lies is that pre-World Cup, we were so good. The board know he can do a good job. He knows he can pull up performances. He knows he knows that he's got a style that he wants to work with. However, I also think, and I'm not defending him, with the current shit going on at the club, with the EFL stuff, it's only made sense that the dipping form has happened after the investigations kicked off. The, the takeover deal fell through and then we started playing poor. We had a slight hope in this Dale guy coming in. And then them two games, we beat Swansea and we have performance of the season against West Brom. That dies off. The players die off again. Surely he knows. You know, all the players currently know at the minute there's no hope. We look like we're playing for a dying club. The EFL are breathing down our necks. It's all going tits up. So I feel for him really as well because he's having to try and deal with, you know, managing a football team at the same time as having, let's be fair about it, having Sanderson out isn't going to be nice. Having Trusty out isn't going to be nice. Deeney out, your club captain must be pretty shit. It's no excuse, but... Them three, especially on Saturday, were a miss. I feel for him a little bit because he's trying to manage a football team while having the board above him being absolutely crucified at the minute. The fan base is clearly toxic at the minute because everyone's hating it right now. Yeah. It's a horrible atmosphere in the club. So I feel for him. I think yeah. whoever you bring in, I agree, a manager bounce would happen. I mean, I, would I take Big Sam right now? Oh, Christ, would I? Because he'd be the perfect Birmingham City manager, wouldn't he? Shithouse, 4-4-2, long ball football is what Big Sam would bring to you. Yeah, well, I, I yeah, I, I, I don't disagree anything, anything you said there. I think, um, I think almost Eustace's poor run of form is almost being a little. I think he's he's quite protected Eustace in that things are terrible with the way the clubs run off the pitch at the moment, and I think it's probably I cheap to get rid of. Yeah, I, I, yeah, true, that is true. But I, I agree with you, Jamie, in that I think for a, a, the performances to be good on the pitch, things have to work well from the top. 
But at the end of the day, and I'm not defending BSHL here, but BSHL aren't the ones who put that 11 out and then they have nothing to do with the performances on the pitch. That's a completely separate thing. That is down to Eustace and the players, regardless of what's going on at the top. The performances on the pitch, the way the players train, the way they conduct themselves on the pitch and the way they play on the pitch is nothing to do with BSHL. It's to do with Eustace and the 11 players that are on the field. And they're, as much as BSHL aren't doing their bit, aren't doing their job because the club's a mess, Eustace and his players aren't doing the job as well. And I, I just think if you look at previous seasons as well, we are in a no better position in terms of league position, in terms of points, in terms of goals conceded, in terms of goals scored. We are in the exact same position under the likes of Boya, Karanka. And he seems to be probably getting defended a lot more because of the results at the start of the season. So it's, it's, it's a minefield. There's so much wrong with Blues at the moment. It's not just Eustace. It's the people at the top. It's just a terrible time to support Blues. It really is. Yeah, well, going back slightly on that question that um, Dave sent in, um, he says, what would it take for Eustace to get the sack or do you think he may end up walking away anyway? I can't speak to that bloody hell. Um, so what do you think? What will what would it take for him to get the sack? Anything less than four points in the next two games, he's gone. I think. Mm. Yeah. So could you cl- so. could you see that club statements official sort of thing on Twitter in the next? Well, no, they're never going to say that we've given them an ultimatum, have they? But I think in their heads they're probably going two relegation teams here. If if Eustace doesn't pull away from this a little bit, he's got to fucking go. Mm, I don't want yeah. him to, but I think that it's a very cutthroat business. Is football when it's like you've said many times, Zach and Tommy. <clears throat> this is a results based business. At the end of the day, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. For me, I, he won't be sacked before it's Wigan on the weekend, is it not? Mm-hmm. He won't be mm-hmm. sacked before Wigan. Um, I think it would take... <sighs> it's tough. I think a battering, either a 3-0 loss, 4-0 loss, he'd get the sack. Um, I think a draw, he wouldn't get sacked. And I think a respectable loss, he wouldn't get sacked. I think it would have to take a heavy battering against Wigan for him to go... It just depends as well. Like the club before have, have gone behind managers' backs and, and spoken to other managers before, What you know, whilst they've still been at the club. So, you know, if someone's on on the other line ready to come in and they're just mm. waiting for a poor result, you know, who, who knows? I don't know what it will take. Um, that's down to the people higher up to decide what it takes. Um, but I think a battery against Wigan and he could very well, very well be gone. Um, Jamie? Yes, sir. What do you think? What's it going to take for Eustace to get sacked? Like I said, anything less than four points from six, he's gone in the next two games. I think we have to beat Wigan and then we have to at least get something at Rotherham. Yeah. Do you not think we should be winning no. Wigan? Yeah, obviously. But of course I do. But I think anything less than four points, he's gone. I think right. a defeat against either of them is unacceptable. I think at least one win out of them two is okay. I think two and two is what we really should be fucking getting. But mm. it's an unfortunate situation where to stop the bad rut, lads, you've got to stop losing. And to stop losing right now is we need to somehow just get a draw or just shit out of 1-0. Because I can't yeah. see us playing liquid football. I can't see us dominating the team off the park, no matter what. That On paper, our starting eleven should be shitting on Wigan. On paper. However, yeah. the football we play... <laughs> Using toilet paper. <laughs> shit. 
Now, knowing oh, Blues, it wouldn't surprise me if we get two wins and then he gets sacked. It wouldn't surprise yeah, me. It's the other so way around. Yeah. I've still got yeah. rabbit scars, don't. Yeah, uh, oh, I know. So, I know. I, side I, note, we need goals. Leco's fucking scoring for NK Dons, isn't he? Anyone seen that? Told you it would happen. Fucking scoring and then assisting and everything down there. Ah. <laughs> it is League One, though, lads. So it I feel is like shit, man. League. Just want Leco back now. <laughs> See, I George told you you'd miss him. I told you you'd miss him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so a uh, question from Az. Uh, the performance against Luton means we are now seriously starting to look over our shoulder. How many points do you think we need uh, to survive this season? Oh, Zach's gone again. <laughs> Sorry. My laptop's oh. so shit as well as my setup. Like, if I move a wire slightly, then uh, <laughs> things well, disconnect. What? While Zach's, answer, while Zach's sorting his shit out, I'll answer if you want, Tommy. Okay. Um, I think we've been looking over, over our shoulder since Cardiff. I have anyway. I've been going, fuck me, here we go. Like, yeah, I've been checking, the been checking the table, that's for sure. To be honest, I'm a Birmingham fan. I've been checking the table until it says we've got 50 points. I'm going to keep checking the fucking table. Um, it's one of them. I think we consistently have to look over our shoulder now, and it's sad that we've gone from... One win into the playoffs to we're looking over our shoulder at relegation scrap again. It's so typical, isn't it? It's so annoying. Uh, how many points keep us up this season? I think 48, 47 or 48 keep us up this season. I can't mm. see any of them teams down there getting another 17, 18 points, if I'm honest. They look dreadful. However, well, to if give anyone's you some... got Birmingham City to play, they're probably going to get three at some point. <laughs> well, to give you some context, we've got 12 games until the end of the season. We're on 38 at the moment. We're only seven points off the bottom, never mind the bottom three. Um, in terms of who we've got to play still, Wigan there below us, Rotherham there below us, Watford are above us, QPR are just QPR. above us. Blackburn are in the playoffs. Reading, I think, is still below us, or they might have gone above us now. Um, yeah, they have. Um They've actually gone further up the table than I thought they have, actually. They're 14th now. Um, Stoke, Sunderland, that's going to be an interesting game. Sunderland away, Millwall away, Blackpool at home, Coventry away, and Sheffield United at home on the last day of the season on May 8th. I mean, they are a difficult last 12 games, to be fair to us. Like, It's just these next two games, really, so I don't know, really. I, uh, it could come down to this, like, Three wins could potentially keep us up, really. That's genuinely what I think. I think, I think we yeah. have to hope and pray that Sheffield United box off second players coming into the last day of the season, play the fucking under-21s and just let us have a little mm-hmm. little play about and have some points. Pretty pleased. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's a bad team to be playing on the last day. I, I, I if, 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 if Sheffield United have nothing to play for, they're going to field a weaker team. They're going to save their... Their main players, I, I think it's not necessarily the worst scenario playing Sheffield United on the last day. I, I think in order to survive, I think we need 50 points. I think it's the magic number every season. And I, I don't want to have to rely on other teams being shit nope. in order for us to survive. We yeah. should just get the job done ourselves. I agree. I think there are three teams worse than us in the championship. I think Cardiff being one, despite them being, you know, beating us. I think being <laughs> Wigan being the other, I think Wigan looked torrid this season. Um, and I think Huddersfield looked really, really poor as well. I mean, they got, was it 3-0 yes, uh, at the weekend? 4-0 Four. maybe. Despite that, 
our run of form is dreadful. Um, wouldn't surprise me if we went the rest of the season with no wins, to be honest. So, But I do think we need to hit the magic number of 50 in order to guarantee rel- uh, survival. Because you know what teams are like. It comes to the end of the season. The top teams start dropping off a little bit. The bottom teams really need wins. They pick up points. So I think we need to get to 50. No, no questions asked. Fair enough, yeah. I, I was just thinking about the uh, Sheffield United last game of the season. I'd actually prefer if they would, they'd already been like their season's finished, so they can't finish anywhere else. I'd actually prefer if they'd have finished in the playoffs, really. Because if they've already gone up automatically, the majority of those yeah. players probably won't play for them next season. If they're Agreed. already in the playoffs, they will definitely play their Agreed. weaker team. That's Agreed. just one. Yeah. Uh, Dave, Dave Sherlock, uh, say we can't get any of the loans on a permanent deal. Which of the which of these current crop of players would you keep hold of next season? Interesting question. What is exactly. in like the players that aren't our loanies? Yeah, yeah. It's just sort of like um, um, loan players, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so obviously we keep Ruddy because he has kept us in enough games this season. I'm still bewildered as to why the fuck Maxine Collin hasn't been given a contract. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Solid at right gone. back, consistent performer. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 it's probably easier to say who he wouldn't keep. Yeah. And uh, in terms of who he wouldn't keep for next season, in terms of who is a current. Okay, let me get the squad out then. Let me see what you think. Um, yeah, there's the a, a good number of players I wouldn't like keeping it, please. So, we're, we're agreeing we're going to keep John Ruddy. All yep. day. Neil Etheridge, is he worth off. keeping? <laughs> Why? It's a bit harsh. He's on too much money. He can't kick a fucking football. And he just he's he's just wasting away there. Why not just put a young lad on the bench and just free up some <laughs> really wages? Could have said that better. Really could have said that better. He can, he can go. <laughs> okay, I'm happy for Efridge to go, but not fuck off. I think no, yeah, harsh, I'm agree with you that. I'm happy for Efridge to go in terms fine, of like, I think fine. he's a very good guy. Efridge can leave. He's wasting <laughs> away. And he should go. He should have gone to Huddersfield in January. That's why I'm annoyed. I read I everything saying he's oh, gone yeah, to Huddersfield. Yeah. He's going to Huddersfield. He's going to Huddersfield. No, he's not. Couldn't agree wages. Great. I think Effridge is a very good goalkeeper and still has a lot to give to a club out there. I think that club is in Birmingham City, though. And especially given the wages he's on, I'd be happy for Effridge to leave just to free up some of the wage bill. But I still think he's a very good goalkeeper and has a lot to give. A lot of our bitterness does come from football manager, though, boys, you have to realise. <laughs> I'm currently in a wage war with Deeney and Efridge on my Birmingham career. I see you trying to get job. 40 grand a week off me on football manager and I'm losing my fucking head over it. I still have a, I still hold a grudge over Freddie Guarin for not signing another contract at Roma. I was really pissed off with that. <laughs> Freddie Guarin, um, wow, that's oh, a throwback. He was, he was so throwback. amazing. He's a player you probably haven't thought of for a while. Uh, Zach Geacock. Would you keep him? I, 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 when you said when Jamie said youngster there, I, I assumed he was talking about Zach Geacock. Yeah, I was. yeah. Hey, he's gone again. <sighs> <laughs> Jamie, you speak, and I'll uh, sort this out. That's well, that's what I mean. Like, Efridge was set to go. He clearly doesn't. He's not getting first team football. He wants first team football. He can just go. He's too much wages. You know, like I said in the EFL thing, I brought out the other week, lads, apparently we're hemorrhaging money and having players on that much money is not helping anyone. So, unfortunately, it did come across a bit harsh, but it's the re- a sad reality of it. He needs to go, and Harley Dean probably needs to go as well because of the wages. 
Scott Hogan's apparently one of our bigger earners. as like, he can go as well. If we're going to talk mm. about players I'd get rid of for financial situation, yeah. If we're getting or players that haven't performed, I don't think. Speaking of which, many are cake. Yeah, speaking of which, I'm not going to go down the whole squad of us with here forever. Um, Troy Deeney, would you keep him for another season? I'd give him another year. Really? Even the performances he's put this year? I think he's been better than he was last year. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm he offers a lot more. Um, I know a lot of people think he's a waste of a blue shirt. I know, I get that. But he's... Yeah, why not? I want... Uh, he's not tricky. sucking the club dry, is he? He's, apparently his wages aren't horrific. It's whether he's performing, though, for me, really. Because if we get rid of him, we could bring in a better striker. I want Blues to start really thinking about the future. And rather than bringing in all these 30, 31, 32, 33-year-olds, I want the signing like Longolo, who was 400k. I love the idea of Brandon Thomas Asante before he mm. went to West Brom. I want more of right. these 19, 20, 21, 22, 23-year-olds who are going to come in, who are going to be here for the future at Blues. You know, you, there are so many, like, hidden gems in League oh, 1 yeah. and League 2 who we just don't even consider <laughs> who are performing for their clubs. <laughs> I was literally going to say, who are performing for their clubs and won't cost a low to bring in. I love signings like Longolo for £400,000, who's a young player who's here and hopefully will be a good player for the future. I think we've got the likes of Jordan James, George Haller, who are going to be fantastic. For, I mean, Jordan James has made 50 appearances for Blues and he's 18. So... Yeah. I want us to start thinking more, about the future. <laughs> so to answer, should Troy Deeney stay? Oh, I don't know. Maybe just to have one or two players who really have that experience. He's clearly oh. cares about the club and has that passion. I thought he had a great start to the season. He had a better season than last. I agree with Harley Dean. I think Harley Dean's been a brilliant servant and I think he is a good defender, but given the wages and wanting to progress and move on, same with Etheridge. I think it's time to let those two go, but I'd keep Troy Deeney just for that bit of experience, for that passion. Um, I think his performances have been better. And as Jamie said, I don't think his wages are, are as high as both Etheridge and Dean. So that, that's where I stand well, with those three. Give him a coaching role. Give him an assistant manager's role or something. Because clearly, I, I, he's st- I, think he's still got, I think he's still got years in him as a footballer, though. Mm. Two, three, four years left. Yeah, well, interesting to think about it. Let us know what you think in the comments down below. Um, I don't know myself. I, I, I just feel like we could be doing better, really, because Dini's obviously he's getting goals this season. He didn't get the goals he had last season. I just feel we should go for more of, um, like you're saying, that younger route, which is what Craig Gardner is saying, who's obviously the technical director. So do you agree with him on that, Zach? What's this? Sorry, I say now. <laughs> what was it what was this about well like well craig gardner was criticized for being in that interview that when he's saying this we're not going to buy anybody over the age of 30 or whatever and it was like a very specific age group he was going to look into investing in so do you agree with that is that sort of something that you'd be on board with that he's not going to buy anyone over 30 yeah he's looking for like 22 to 25 year olds to bring into the team I agree with that. I think it's important as a football club to really, really think about the long term. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying everyone has to be under the age of 30. That's not what I'm saying. I think it's really good to have a few 30, 31, 32, 33, 34 year olds who have that experience um, to help 
the younger players in the team. I think we look at Arsenal, for example, the majority of their investments have been youth. Same with the few players Liverpool have bought in. Clubs these days want the young players so they can get them on five-year contracts. They can really build them up as players and push them forward. Um, I, I think the best way to invest as a football club at any level is to bring these 20, 21, 19, 18-year-olds in who are showing great potential in for low prices, develop them, improve them as players, and either sell them on for more in six, seven, eight years' time and get six, seven, eight years of great service out of them. So I'm not opposed to that at all. I think you need a smattering of experience and a, a smattering of older players in the team to support the majority of youth players who are going to develop and push Blues forward because I feel we need that more of that mentality, not just constantly these older players. You know, I, I want a bit of youth in the Blues side to hopefully give us a bit more hunger, give us a bit more energy, a bit of a spark and and just push us forward a little bit. Mm. I completely agree and I'm not pissing on your parade. However, we are currently under an EFI investigation. There's every fucking chance we're going to get a transfer embargo. <laughs> Have fun looking towards that at the end of the season. Not, I'm not not being a dick, but there is every chance with an investigation yeah, no, going on, right. they could do what they've done to Cardiff and gone, here's an embargo then. Yeah. Uh, if we're talking about players that I think have run their course, I think either Jordan Graham pulls a finger out or he's gone. He's yeah, one definitely needs to leave for me. He's yeah, not up to the yeah, standards yeah, at all. Yeah. And I feel sorry for him because he seems like a genuinely nice bloke. Yeah, of course, yeah. He's, oh, a, yeah. he's a top guy. Uh, Cosgrove comes back. I'd, I'd be interested what Cosgrove does next season, actually. I still think he's the wrong level. I feel like he's found so do I. Like Plymouth. Well, I and, and get, fair enough. Get a nice fee for him. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, like, mm. but it does worry me. Like, like I said to you before the pod started, if you look at that starting 11 against Luton, take Hannibal and put Bakuna in it, that's our actual 11 that are owned by Birmingham City. Mm. And we were shite. Yeah, Bakuna came on and changed the game, to be fair. I thought Bakuna did all right. Yeah, we, we are what you say, what you said earlier, Jamie, aren't we? We just lack that cutting edge, and that's where I There's feel no like... There's no cutting edge in this team. Yeah, None. that's where I feel like if we did ship out players like Deeney and Graham, we, we, we'd be able to get those younger players in who bring that spark to us, really. And I feel like, say we got... Uh, hypothetically, let's say we bought Thomas Asante. Um, I feel like he'd actually... Be still, he'd be scoring for us. I'm absolutely certain of this. I don't feel like we get that certainty with Duke Hogan or Deeney. It's sort of like when we had Adams, it was like we know we're going to score, you know, it's just obvious. You know, when we've had good strikers at the club, like Forsell and Phillips and Ziggich, you know, you, you knew they were going to score all the time. You know, we had those players in the team, so it was like, okay, we're going to score. I don't get that same assurance anymore. So if we bought a young kid for cheap, under 500 grand, sold them on for more. You know, that's a good business strategy. It's what Brentford did for years, and that's how they've gotten into the Premier League. You think of the strikers they've had over the years, what they had. They had Hogan, they had Malpai, they had Watkins, they have Tony now. You know, they buy cheap, they sell big, and they get their they get their money's worth for the amount of them when they're playing for them. And it's a flawless strategy as well, because they're now in the Premier League absolutely flying. How Birmingham City would it be to re-sign Cameron Drum at the end of the season? Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking that, you know. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd snap my season ticket in half and just walk out. <laughs> but bloke, the bloke I used to sit next to in the main stand for that season, he said, I don't even bother getting up anymore when he goes through on goal. No, it's true. <laughs> I just knew he was going to miss. <laughs> one, of the greatest, one of the greatest things I've ever had said to me 
I'm not going to say who it was because I'm already going to get a message about this when it goes out. But he, <laughs> he said to me legitimately, Cameron Jerome is a he could be a world class striker, but the only thing that lets him down is his touch and his finishing. And I was like, the two fucking things that make you a good striker is what he's missing. <laughs> yes, yeah. like. A he's a good striker who just doesn't have a touch or finish. Yeah. <laughs> Which is quite crucial. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fucking striker. Oh like, God. That's like saying you're a good doctor, but your knowledge of medicine is shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I... oh, shoot. That was a cough. I told that guy he had polio. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. That's oh. a family guy meme. I'm sorry. I've played your I love that. family guy. You're more than welcome to make family guy references. Do you know who said that? You got another. Uh, Dr. Points. Hartman. Yes, he did. In what episode do you know that? Oh, <laughs> I do. Season three, episode four, minute twenty-six. I have no idea. It was the uh, court case uh, one where oh, Adam okay. West gets uh, put up in court. Sorry, we're going massively off topic here. Um, what yeah. a show! What a show. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Cameron Jerome, he had an incredible game twelve years ago. Uh, so this is obviously the segment where we're going to try and liven things up a bit because. I, I honestly I can't be asked in just going. Yeah, we were pretty bad at the weekend, weren't we? Let's talk about next week. We're probably going to lose, aren't we? <laughs> we've got to literally we've got to go twelve years into the past to have a bit of good luck at this point. So, I mean, obviously, Zach, you weren't as big of a Blues fan as you are now. But what was your sort of remembrance from that day, even if you don't really yeah, remember so it as much? At the time, I wasn't. So I I'd been into football for years uh, at that point, probably from the age of six, seven, but never really followed or supported a club. I knew my dad was a, a Birmingham City fan, of course, but um, didn't didn't really follow the Blues until uh, about 2013, 2014 it was. But um, yeah, I, I I do remember the day because we were at home, we were watching it. Um, I remember watching the West Ham game prior to it and uh, my dad throwing me around the living room when uh, <laughs> see Craig Garner scored. But um, Dad, put me fair, down, just, don't care. <laughs> I know, despite, despite not being a Blues fan, I remember watching the Carling Cup run or parts of it, and, you know, memory's not, not great back then, but watching parts of it, enjoying it, I'll, I'll never forget the Obafemi Martins goal, obviously. My dad was banging the walls and the neighbours was asking what's going on the next day. But... Um, I'm gutted I wasn't a fan then because I can't tell you how much that would have meant to me that just being there and seeing such success. And this is where I'm really gutted being a Blues fan is probably because I started supporting Blues really when we started to decline and things <laughs> really started to go to shit. Um, but no, it's, 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 it's nice to have some, despite not being a fan, some really good memories of it because it's just it's the best moment in our history, isn't it? Jamie, talk us through your emo look on that day. <laughs> I was 17, wow. man. All right. Was I was necessary? 17. Oh, it's absolutely um, necessary. It's a very good I was point. 17. Sure, man. Like, <laughs> um, it was a great day, weren't it? We drove down from Birmingham. We got off just on the outskirts of London and got the tube in. Mm. We were literally just above the goal, behind the goal as well, where oh, our really? seats at Wembley. Yeah, literally eye-to-eye -eye level with Martins as he taps it in behind the goal absolute bedlam i went from probably row 12 to the bottom because everyone just fucking <laughs> fell on each other Literally, it was yeah. just limbs weren't it like it was that for me my favorite moment is still i don't know if it's that clear but it felt like an eternity is when martins taps it in and no one celebrates for a good second or half a second everyone just looks at the line as if to say you give an offside yeah, no, I don't know why. Fuck it counts. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> i don't know why we all thought it might be offside because it's blue no 
side at all in the whole thing. How Birmingham yeah. City would it be, though, for him to just go, nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Because literally, the, the year before, Villa were in the cup final against Man United. And I can't tell you how nervous I was for that final. And the fact that United won it, I was relieved about it, really. Um because I just remember them going 1-0 up within the first six minutes of the game. I was at football in the morning. So everybody's checking their phones, making sure, like, what's the lineup and everything and seeing what's going on. So I get in and I'll turn the telly on. My shitty old little box telly as well. I used to have one of those back in 2010. That's how poor we were. <laughs> and I turned it on and literally I can see Z- um, Vidic taking down a bond the hall. I'm like, oh, my God, no way. I can't believe this is happening. But fortunately, they lost the final. And then for us to win it the shit. next year is even fucking better, honestly. It was you know, terrific. Do you know what I love the most about them in, inbred fans is that they have the audacity <laughs> to then turn around and go, it's a Mickey Mouse cup, isn't it? Literally. No, it, <laughs> no, fuck off. Like, you lost it a year ago, you dickhead. Like, it's a Mickey Mouse cup, isn't it? Like, oh. Despite the fact that I think they've won it the most, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Or, or oh, did, history, at least. Book. Yeah. <laughs> I think Back one of my favourite moments of that day is still as well, come to think of it, is, you know, after we scored to make it 2-1, like the 93rd minute, is when Jerome's running for on goal and every Birmingham fan just shouts corner and he even looks up and runs yeah. to the fucking corner and just stands oh, on the corner and is like, yeah! <laughs> he's, he's through, he's one-on-one and everyone's like, go to the corner! Just fucking go to the corner! Honestly, it was carnage after we scored because it was actually, it was more mental after we scored then when we scored like the celebrations weren't as chaotic as it was when every we throw in was like a goal it was like yeah, yeah. honestly it's <laughs> insane like you watch the highlights back and everybody in that little bit there is just going like fucking crazy when we get that throw it's unbelievable and then he kicks it i think fahi or someone or larson boots up an ass player for another friend because i remember they take we take a short corner and he gives it to jerome and they sort of mess about with it there and Larson decides to cross the ball in, and my dad know, goes, yeah. "Oh, Seb, what are you doing?" <laughs> just like he should have just kept it in the corner. Yeah, he's just he couldn't. <laughs> it's always made me smile because Dad always used to say, or does still say, um, "Villa always used to win cups when football, <laughs> when football used to be started by throwing the ball out the window." <laughs> I don't know why it always makes me laugh at this. <laughs> just imagine it's like good. some sort of street. You just throw the ball out the window. <laughs> But oh, what a day! Just an amazing day, amazing feeling. Like, oh, just it was great, weren't it? Like, I was knackered yeah. and get back in until about one in the morning. It was just scenes. Yeah, I, I didn't have quite the day that you had, obviously, because you're ten years older than me. Um, sorry, that was. I know there was really... no alcohol. <laughs> that that, that really strange. When that hurt. <laughs> Ow. So He's saying you're old as, as well. fuck, James. <laughs> not even fucking 30 yet, man. Cut me some slack. I'm not saying that. I just said that. You do this every time. Day. Every time we have a guest on, I get this as well. We had Robbo on, we've had Mags on. Every time they talk about something, they're like, Jamie, do you remember that? Do you remember that? You old fuck. <laughs> oh, I'm retiring I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> I'm 29? God. That's just state oh, fire point. It's, 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 it's nice they still let you to Blues games, though, being in an old folks' home and everything. <laughs> so. Sure, man. <laughs> I hope Longello never follows you on Twitter. <laughs> Week four. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Who knows? I was thinking yeah, of um, I was thinking of segues before <laughs> before we started on today, saying that um, I was gonna. Go to Zach first, like I did. But I was thinking of coming to you and saying, "How old were you on the day? Like forty-six or something?" <laughs> oh, 
But yeah, I go back to my I was original 17. <laughs> going back to my original points. Um I was eight on the day, which is insane to think because I'm now 20. Um we went down on the morning um <laughs> and we parked literally, I think it was a couple of blocks away from Wembley, because my dad knew someone from work who had a relative down there and said, basically, you can just park on his drive and then walk over to the game. So I remember that very well. I remember seeing Wembley's arc, like, pretty much just as mm-hmm. soon as we got into London. I was like, oh, my God, we're here. Because it suddenly hit me then. Because the, the, the weird thing was, obviously, thinking back to it, because I was quite young at the time, it felt like we'd already won. I don't know why, but I just maybe the way, way my memory works. But I felt like I'd already seen us win the cup almost. It was strange because... I don't remember us ever. I don't remember myself thinking we were going to lose. It felt kind of like we were going to win. It was a really strange feeling. Maybe that's just the way my brain's working. But obviously, we got in, and then the sudden, because obviously my brother was. Oh God, I, I actually think he might have been four at the time. My brother, um, so he got in, still swearing. Yeah, he was still going. Fucking hell, this is I. <laughs> the um. Obviously, we're just suddenly taken away by the height because we were like right up into the stadium. We were behind the big board, um, sort of just a few rows back from it. I think I can't really remember, to be honest. We have our tickets somewhere, so we'd be able to pinpoint where we were in the stadium. But yeah, it was just insane. I remember Zigic's goal just being like the most insane it'd ever been. Like the Martins one, like I say, it just wasn't as insane because when Zigic scored, literally my dad almost pulls me over because of how incredibly we're celebrating. So I sort of just get this tug over the, my right shoulder and he's just like jumping around like a madman. <laughs> uh, and then when Van Persie scores, it's kind of like, ah, shit, this might be not the day we're thinking of. Because obviously the cup final uh, for this year was last uh, yesterday as well, uh, Newcastle Man United. And I was kind of feeling that if Newcastle did take the lead, that they would win. But obviously, they weren't anywhere near as good as we were in um uh, in that cup final, really. Because, I mean, we were immense, weren't we? So it was just like, even when Van Persie scored, I was kind of like, uh, it's going to be difficult, but we can still win this. Mm-hmm. I definitely didn't feel that with Newcastle last uh, yesterday, though, because I, I thought they were going to lose as soon as United scored that first goal. Yeah, I missed they never that yeah, you are. Oh, that defense. That defense. I miss that defense so much. Oh, like going into remember? games, extremely confident. Going, we might not score, but you ain't fucking scoring either. Literally, yeah. Like Dan, was... oh, Dan and Johnson in the middle, Carr, Ridgewell, and then Foster in goal, and it was just anything that come forward, just going back that way. Send we didn't it that way. We didn't have Dan on that day, though, did we? We had Urinek. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was just mad. He was so good. <laughs> I feel oh, like good times, man. It was. Like, it look was at very us now. Times. Look at us now. Smiley and happy, <sighs> crying in a minute because you suddenly realise it's all over. <laughs> oh god! I know. We got Wigan oh. on Saturday. John Bozajor. Speaking of no, Wigan, John Bozajor, what a player he was. God, he was immense that day. He really was. He came on, if I'm not mistaken, um, and he just ran his heart out. I just remember there was so many times he just got onto the ball and made so many attacks because obviously when Martin scored we had four minutes of added time which considering that nowadays we probably have about eight um so Martin's had two chances he had one put through to him and then Chesney decides to go running out and clear it but then the second one he has he turns the ball round Chesney and goes almost in Uh, literally had he scored that third goal I mean the game would have been won 
I think there have been people on the pitch at that point, though, because that yeah, the, yeah, yeah. had he had gone around the keeper and then beat the next player and then put it in the back of the net. I mean, it would have been one of the goals of the tournament. It was just it honestly it would have wrapped the day up brilliantly. Do you remember Fahey smacking the inside of the post as well from about twenty five yards out? I remember. I don't remember much from the day, which is really annoying because I've. I, he I drove consider... one, I remember it. He just drove yeah. it across the ground off the inside of the post. He, and I was like, oh. he, he hits it and it hits Zigic and it comes yeah, back yeah. off him and he hits the post then. I was just, oh, for fuck's sake, I couldn't believe it. It was because where we were sat as well, I was sort of just, I was stood on my chair for most of it. But I could see the shot off Zigic. But I feel like I remember the defence moving across to go and block that shot. He just had like one clean shot of it and had that shot in, it would have been like, it, it was actually better that Martin scored late on than yeah. it was with Faye scoring that goal then, because I feel like Arsenal would have stepped it up even more. Then. And Probably obviously, it was written in the stars. We were denied a penalty three minutes into the game and ascending off because Bowie how... was a million percent <laughs> onside and rounded the keeper and got took out. And how fucking lucky was it that Chesney didn't get sent off and that Bowie was offside? Had he, he been sent off? Had yeah, he, he wasn't offside. Now, he was, was on that much on. Yeah, like, he was massively on. Literally. I had my mates texting me from home going, I don't want to piss you off anymore, Jay, but Bowie is a good foot on side. And I'm just like, you fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Does anybody remember Martins coming on? Because I don't. No. No, it was a weird one, wasn't it? Because it was like, I remember him scoring. Who did he come on went, for? Was it Fahey? Yeah. Because I, I remember uh, shortly after, I was like, wait, who the hell? Martin scored. I knew Martin scored the first time, but I was like, wait, was he starting? I had no idea. I couldn't remember it. It's just suddenly this realisation of, who the hell did he come on for? <laughs> it was really surprising me. It's like, where the fuck did he come from? <laughs> it was so up. It was just, yeah, I mean, like, the whole day was just a complete blur now, really, because it was just completely insane. <laughs> it was mental. I, I don't think I've witnessed a goalkeeper display like that as well since like for a Birmingham City goalkeeper, Ben Foster, ben Foster was, was another insane. level. He was yeah. insane anyway. Like he was a great goalkeeper for us, a great, great player. But that game was just wow. There's a fuck all you can do with that Van Persie goal as well. There's nothing yeah. any keeper stopping that. It was amazing that goal, really, because you consider how how much he had to get round your neck. Yeah, he had to jump up his whole corner. leg around your thighs, which are about thirty inches each. Like, <laughs> yeah, the guys like the. <laughs> brick wall and he still managed to score past him but oh. what were your uh sort of, sort of walk us through your thoughts and feelings when that final whistle went then and how you celebrated just screaming i had old men hugging me crying that i'm never gonna see again i've never seen since i'm like, i didn't know it was just that just mad weren't it it was we all knew like rule 17 all the lads who came down 18 17 and we all knew this is probably never going to happen again yeah. So just enjoy it. Like, fuck me, we're in Europe. You know, we didn't oh. give a shit. We were <laughs> laughing. It was just it was just bedlam, weren't it? It was delirium. We went to what we went to London as the massive underdogs and we absolutely fucking did it. I think we were probably one of the biggest cup final upsets at the time. Yeah, I can't think of many Massive underdogs now. we were. I mean Arsenal like, was just beating Barcelona in the week too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so like, how we how we did that, I've no idea. Mental, and it was Mental. all written against us. Like it was, it was mm. typical Birmingham City written against us. Van Persie goes off injured. Nicholas Bentner come on, and everyone was like, "He's going to fucking score, isn't it?" <laughs> like it was just chance after chance, and you just was like, "Oh fuck!" And then that relief, 
I did think it was a bit shit though. Like it was almost like we scored that goal to go to one up, and I look. It's almost like if you look at the fourth fish, you just go, "Yeah, fuck that." Four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> four minutes come from. Like. I'm surprised there wasn't more to be honest, because yeah. there was there was six minutes of added time when we were getting promoted against Reading. Like that was the real piss take. That was because mm. literally we'd been two 0 up for the we'd been the goal up and then got the second goal. They get a goal back immediately, and then six minutes just appears out of nowhere. It's like. What? <laughs> so I was expecting that with the cup final as well. I was like, four, fucking hell, we'll take that. And you know, yeah, it was a mental day. I mean, I remember the goal vaguely, I sort of, but I remember the final whistle going because I just remember, you know, like when you, I don't know whether you've ever felt, I don't know whether any of you've actually passed out before, but it's that sort of feeling when you suddenly feel yourself go weightless. You sort of feel like you can't yeah. control yourself. And then you, it's like an out of body like, experience, isn't it? You just kind of like, I, the fuck. Had I passed out at that point, I don't think I'd have ever forgiven myself for that. But I managed to sort of just snap into it again because I felt myself go back like that, just in shock. But then I suddenly had to pick myself up again like that. Just like, shit, what the hell's just gone on? So I was just in shock for the rest of the celebration. So I didn't really properly celebrate. I got my dad over my right shoulder, my mum over the other shoulder. Jack's here. Um, so the whole thing was just going complete carnage. And then there's a bloke who just comes sliding down the top of us, like proper crowd surfing everybody. So he crashes in there, you know, proper going mad. All that, no, that might have been the Martins goal now. The, 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 uh, this is what I mean. I can't remember very well because I was too young. I think that crowd surfing bloke was the um, Martins goal. But I feel like the, but the the relief I suddenly felt was definitely at the final whistle. But yeah, then it's it was all one just big like, happy blur. It was just tears then. It was just like so emotional and so yeah. amazing. My dad, when the um, my dad, when the four minutes got put up, he was just like, oh, Arsenal are definitely going to score. But I, I vividly remember him turning to my mum in the, oh, I think it's when Chesney gets the ball, when he's about to launch it forward, he turns to my mum and he goes, I think we're going to win. And that's the, that's what he says. I just remember that. I just thought, we are going to win, aren't we? We we are actually going to win this trophy. This is insane. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I miss football like that as well. I miss that kind of football though. Like Blues teams can't do that now. Like, and I don't mean win a cup, not by any no. means. But what I mean is just simple fucking football. Kick the ball that way. How hard is it? Like all game, that's all Johnson did really. And you're in it. The ball came to him. Fucking send it that way. To get you yeah. there, kick it at him. Just do it. That's that's what we did, and it worked effectively. We frustrated Arsenal. We stuck mm. to a game plan. We did really well. Um, it's not like we scored our only two shots. We had all game. We had chances ourselves. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. It, weren't a, it weren't just an Arsenal shift on us fest. It was just a go, incredible goalkeeper display kept us alive. <laughs> we deserve to win the cup, though, because you consider the opposition we beat to get there. You know, it wasn't mm. a fluke. It definitely wasn't. We beat Villa in the quarterfinals and West Ham. <laughs> In Boop. two legs, <laughs> and imagine, then to imagine getting lobbed. Imagine yeah. getting lobbed by six foot seven Ziggich. <laughs> they didn't deserve that second goal either. They've been like, we were, we definitely deserved to win the cup. We didn't deserve to, we didn't, yeah, we didn't deserve to lose to Villa in the quarters because they were definitely not the best team at the time. No. I mean, I really that Villa team that didn't win the Carling Cup the year before, I think it was the last good Villa team that they've had, you know, with Barry and Milner and Bon Lahore and um, what, uh, no, what's his name? Petrov. You know, that's the team that I remember yeah. feeling, fucking hell, this team could do something really. Because Martin O'Neill, when he was in charge, I was like, 
they they could easily get top four. They never did, which was always hilarious. But they just they yeah they worried me that team because I was like yeah I I feel like they could do things and they they could do it again. I mean like I'm still keeping that honor of we're the only team in the West Midlands to win anything in in this decade and Villa haven't won this anything century. since six. Yeah, literally. Mm. Yeah. So like. I don't Actually, know, on that note, I had a Villa fan turn around to me and tell me that the playoff trophy counts as a, uh, no, it a trophy doesn't. they've won. And I was absolutely not. Absolutely no, I don't count the 2001 as a major trophy, right? Yeah. It's not. It's not a major title at all. Right. It's a completely right. minor trophy. We won the playoff trophy and I was like, fuck off. <laughs> so the year before Shut they up. got promoted when Fulham won it, did they does that count as a major trophy as well? Yeah, I uh, just didn't think so. No. <laughs> I'm awaiting that RC Villa fans to comment on this thing again as well. Yeah, you can fuck off, you know who you are from last time. Yeah. <laughs> so that's certain Villa fans in the comments. So that's certain Villa fans in the comments section. Haha. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You haven't cry more because Greenish won a pen against you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well it's still um yeah it's it, it's nothing different though for blues really to go and throw it away in a couple of months time though is it to get relegated lose the manager to a, his literal rival team lose all the players get bankrupt i still uh, don't know how we went down yeah that we, team was too good to be relegated i'm sorry to say it but and I've heard Ben Foster on his podcast say it enough times as well. He said, this team, though, I still to this day don't understand how the fuck we went down. We were, we were on games, 40 we? points. But we were on 40 points and still going down. That's just how unfortunate Blues were that year. I think we were on 39. We, up, we were on 39. We went up to 40 because we were getting the draw with Tottenham. But then goal yes. difference was still taking us down and we had to push. Mm. That was a mad last it, day yeah. as well. We weren't Remember, even at the think, bottom... We went no, the I don't three, it, no. and then we think we went up to 16th, 15th, back down to 18th, because it was mm. just like I think Blackburn went 3-0 up away at Wolves, which put them in the bin. And then they yeah. pulled it back to 3-2, which fucked us in the goal difference. Then we had to push for the oh, it was just like oh I didn't watch it at the time because my dad thought it'd be too stressful for us at the time because obviously Jack yeah, was, was four and I was eight. So we went out for the day and we just stayed away from pretty much everything, which I mean, 10 years ago or 12 years ago now, 12 years ago, that was easier to do. Do that nowadays. You ain't got a fucking chance. No, so no, we sort no. of just, we went around the park and sort of, I think we actually went to the Black Country Museum. <laughs> it's a bit of a bad idea to do really. But um, yeah, we got back and I just remembered that, my dad saying, yeah, we're down after we turned the telly on. I was like, we were 17th when we started. We were outside of the relegation zone. So how the fuck have we been relegated? It was ridiculous. I mean, like we consider how bad things have gotten since that day. You know, it's it's painful. It really is. It does make me really. It's probably my biggest regret in life, really. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but like the fact we didn't stay up that season, it's it's still We've really. We've been established hurts Premier me. League team. We were second season syndrome. I mean, I can take losing to the Villa at home against Grealish and him running into the crowd. You know, that was painful, but. It wasn't as painful as getting relegated that day because it was like we'd actually done something for once and we still threw it away and we still couldn't hold on to it. It just, it really, really hurt. It did because I just remember days afterwards, really annoyingly actually, I'll point this out. The day after we won the Carling Cup, we had school because it was a Sunday and they closed the school 
And I was like, uh, what? What's going on here? This isn't normal. And they said they had a power outage. But really, what they were saying <laughs> was really is that Blues have won a cup. And so we're going to shut the school so that nobody can come in and start boasting about it. <laughs> I mean, like, because I lived, uh, the, my school was close to more black country region, really. So they were probably mostly West Brom fans. So I think they were thinking, yeah, we're closing the school. We don't want anything today. We'll let them come or, cool down. all the teachers have got an absolutely shit-based. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then miraculously, the day after we went rele- we got relegated, schools open. Nothing. <laughs> Rats. Rats. <laughs> so either it's a coincidence or they just don't like the Blues. I gather, I'd probably say the second one's probably more likely. Bunch of wankers. <laughs> Uh, good times, good, good times, times, but painful times as well. Yeah, better than these times, though. Yeah, they're massively better. <laughs> I mean, this is interesting, actually. I'm thinking this: had we have stayed up that day, what team would we be? And I don't want the one you're thinking of. I, I want genuinely honest answers here. We'd be like a Crystal Palace, I think. Do you think we'd still yeah, be in the we'd Premier just League? be chilling? Yeah, I think I think that was the season. But at the same time, I think the Carson Young thing would have still shafted us in the end. Because mm. that is something that could have possibly... But would it have got dealt with quicker? Yes. Would we have been in the bin as much as we are now? No, because I think the Premier League, even though you wankers and you did approve Carson, I think they would have probably done something a bit more sharpish about it. BSH, I would have never have come in. No, because they're still... If I'm... Oh, they've still got something dodgy with them, like, haven't they? They've still got some sort of constituency with Carson Young, even now, really, because they sort of just passed everything on in a very dodgy way. Mm. Yeah, I, I can tell you where we'd be. I have absolutely no idea. If we stayed up that season, we could have gone down next. But as you said, we had a fantastic team at the time and didn't deserve to go down that season. So a few, oh. a few more additions over that window, and we, yeah, could have really pushed on. I don't know. It's so tricky. Um, but whatever happened, it can't be anywhere somewhere we're at now. Yeah. I think we would have been we would have been a lot better. Think about it. The day we went down, lads, Gardner gone, Larson gone, all our yeah. best players were gone. Johnson was gone. Dan went or went pretty soonish after. Scott, yeah, he did. Uh, Stephen Carr played, but he was still injured. Ridgewell was about. We lost. He went, Foster. He went halfway into the season, didn't he? Ridgewell. We lost Ferguson. He's... Ferguson went to Blackpool. Did we lose Bowyer as well? Bowyer went to Ipswich, yeah. So that's what I mean. We lost in the end, yeah. so much that team. And then imagine you're coming into the next season, lads. Your Dibby Gray start coming through the academy. Your Redmond mm. comes through the academy. Your Much comes through the academy. All these players, you've got investment. You're in Europe. Like, I think we would have been fine. Yeah. I think we would have we built, been a staple Prem team by now. Yeah, and we'd have gotten through that group stage as well because you consider the team we had in that group stage. We were a championship side. We had Adam Adam Rooney up front. We had Marlon King, Marlon King, Chris Woods, Chris Burke as well. Good players, you know, and they definitely definitely deserve to have that opportunity to be in the team. But I just think with that team we had in 2011, taking it into the next season, it would have just been, it would have gotten us at least to like the knockout stages. We wouldn't have won the Europa League, definitely not, but we would have definitely been somewhere close to that. It was, um, yeah, that's why I say it's a massive regret of mine because I was like, I felt like we missed out on such an enormous opportunity to not catapult the team, but sort of definitely take us in towards that direction. 
And this is where the sadness now kicks in. <laughs> My cousin I was right. About, I ain't talking about current blues anymore today. I've had enough of talking about current blues. I'm the, so the, the last note I'll leave on with that then is my cousin literally said to me the day we got relegated, he was upset and I spoke to him and I was like, shit, and he was like, yeah, he wouldn't be ready for 20 years of the championship. And I was like, nah, and he was like, I'm telling you now. Yeah. We're, it, we're down I, I, here for a bit, glad. It felt like that at the time, you know, because I remember well, as soon as we got relegated, it was like, well, that's us done then, isn't it? Yeah. And so just to put this into context, Blues, if you're thinking, if you're, if one of you is watching this from the club, how have we gone from 12 years ago winning the Carling Cup to the position we are in now? What the hell? How's that happened? How have we even We're the team that's been that? in the champo the longest now. It's a joke. It's insane. I mean, Leeds, is, obviously, they've gone for a, probably a worse experience than we have. You know, they've gone from being in the Champions League finals to being in the Championship to going into League One at one point as well. But they are back now. So, you know, where's the turnaround going to come for us at any points? You know, are we ever going to get those fucking stands fixed? Are we ever going to get new owners who are going to be interested in the club? Are we ever going to be properly invested into the team who are in, in desperate need of more numbers? Because Austin Trustee was just suddenly out of the team all of a sudden at the weekend. He hasn't got much of a replacement for him. So, you know, it's um, these questions do need answering. I'm pretty quick, to be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah. But at least we did win the cup. That's one thing. Something, in it? <laughs> yeah. Anything else left to wrap up before we uh, have a I think we're good. minute silence? <laughs> I think we're good. Um, yeah. Well, what else can oh. you say? Sorry, um, predictions for Saturday. Actually, we haven't done. That. I'm literally, I, I, I will literally give you the score of what I think it will be, and that's it. I ain't talking about this day and age blues anymore. Um, one nil blues. Two one Wigan. <laughs> two one Wigan. One nil blues. I'm gonna go one one. Fence Below. boy. Yeah. Oh fuck off with your fence boy shit. Honestly, <laughs> fence boy. <laughs> He I think we'll draw. draw. I think we will draw. because I can see us going a goal down again, a scrappy late goal for Djukovic. That's how I can see it going. And I'm also going to say, Fence Boy, but at least I get the scores right, boy, <laughs> because I got the Luton <laughs> score right at the weekend and I also got the uh, Huddersfield score right as well. So, uh, ball knowledge. <laughs> Did well, I not fall yeah, when we man. beat QPR 2 0 and said we're going to win 2 0 and Longello is going to score? <laughs> no, I'm going to dub over that clip yeah. instead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's um, that's another episode of the Blues Focus podcast. I'm um, starting to fall back into that depression state that I felt <laughs> 12 years ago when we got relegated. Uh, thank you for listening to the Blues Focus podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, all through the Sports Social Network. Uh, if you'd like to follow Zach and Jamie, their ats are on the screen right now. They're both the same on Twitter and Instagram. As well, you can follow us at Blues Focus Pod on Twitter and Blues Focus Pod also on Instagram. Uh, Blues Focus and Blues underscore Focus on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and yeah, this has been the Blues Focus Podcast. Thank you, Jamie and Zach, for joining me again. And uh, keep right on. Keep right on. Keep on.
Social Podcast Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.